Hello? Okay, that's much better. Okay. <laughs> it's our it's our first time, so you know what it was when I signed in? It said, you know, to use the source. So I tried to use my headphones and it I you know, just so that way I could have my hands free. Correct. And I couldn't hear you through the headphones and but I heard you through the phone, but very, very low. It's like so annoying. Wow, well, yeah. <sighs> well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking the same thing. Like maybe if I use my headphones, maybe that will change. <laughs> because before I even considered having, you know, you or anyone on, I did an experiment with my one friend to see if this worked. Yeah. It worked fine. So I'm like, yay, I could have guests. And then you're my first guest and look what happened. <laughs> yeah, so what I did is I just I didn't choose anything. I just left it as default and cuz I I have the same thing when I go to my therapist, like mm-hmm. I got a new phone. So the new phones now, you don't there's no jack for the headphones. Ah, uh, yeah, same with mine. Like yeah, I have to everything's use wireless. Same... Yeah. Well, the thing with my phone is that when I want to use a headphone, I have to make sure my phone's not charging because it uses the same port. Yeah, that's what they told me too, and I'm like, uh, like... <laughs> so that means I have to get an adapter to you know to put into that since so I can listen you know, use wired headphones. It's like, they're taking more and more and charging more money for phones. It's like, come on, it's ridiculous. Exactly. So, now, did, now we're already, just so you know, we're already recording. Yeah. The moment you join is considered recording. So, did you want to keep this part and just start with the episode, or do you want to leave and start fresh without us talking about the phones is up to you. I'm good either way. Oh, um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure there's a way you can edit it, right? Yeah, actually, I think there is. Yeah, it tells yeah. me I, I have an option to trim it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could always take this out, you know. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear about us talking <laughs> about phones, but then maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe it's their kink. I don't know. Yeah. Or it just shows that we're normal people behind it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they already know I knew I made it perfectly clear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, so. All right. All right, let's start this. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is your favorite podcaster, Crystal. Today, I have a very special friend of mine that is joining us today. Her name is Harley. Harley, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Harley. Um, now, please let everyone know, like, your role in the kink community. Um, I am switch um, leaning towards submissive. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Um, everyone knows, you know, that I'm fairly new to the lifestyle. I think it's been going on two to three years already. I mean, I'm not new, new, but I'm still semi-new. So, um, for everyone that's beginning and stuff like that, I would, you know, get like to give them an idea, you know, earlier before on my earlier episodes, I've talked about how important trust, 
communication, you know, and safety is, especially for beginners and even experienced people when they go into something new to, you know, it's very important to be safe. So, um, with that being said, when you got into the King community, um, what got you into it? When did you realize that you, you know, you were into kink? Still there? <laughs> did I lose you? Let's give her a minute. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. Did you hear everything I said? For a moment, it sounded like I lost you. No, no, no. I was um, I was talking, actually. Oh, I didn't hear a word. <laughs> oh, maybe because I'm not on the... On the... Because I was looking at the questions. That's what it was. Oh, okay. So, Are you, you able to hear me now? Yeah, I hear you perfectly now. Okay, okay. Because I'm looking at my, I, I, the questions you sent me, I put them on my Samsung notes and I um, answered them. So I'm just looking at, at it. Are you still able to hear me? I can hear you perfectly, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so what got me into kink, I mean, I didn't realize it when I was a kid um, that I would take my grandmother's uh, clothespins and I would put them on my arm and just, you know, look in awe and excitement and delight and you know at them on my arm and then the pain I felt and then after I took them off you know gave me a rush I didn't know what that was until you know I got older as an adult and when I saw um, nine and a half oh I lost you again Hello? I hear you now. All I heard was nine and a half. Now, <laughs> uh, so it seems like it takes it out. Like it, it if I don't stay on the page itself, mm -hmm. it basically after a few seconds or whatever, it takes it out completely. Mm. That's what it is. Um, all right. I'm going to, okay. So I watched nine and a half weeks and, um, from watching that movie, I knew that I was into something different. I, w I don't want to say not normal because for us, this is normal. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed watching that movie. And from then on, any movie that had any scene with leather or floggers or paddles or someone being spanked or um, restrained or tied, like my eyes would widen and my heart you know would start to race and um i you know then as i got older and looking into it um i would say about 11 years ago that i started it um yeah i, I knew right then and you know i, I was into something unique right. and fun i'm gonna have to look into that movie i i never even heard of it 
Yeah, nine and a half weeks. Um, Blue Velvet is another one. Just so you know, I lost you again. <laughs> so it seems I have to have the thing on completely in order for you to hear me all the time. My screen time down. Which is really weird because when, like, I could be recording and all, as long as I don't get a phone call, I'm good. It's when I get a phone call, I get disconnected and I have to start my podcast all over again. Because, oh boy. Yeah, because it doesn't pause. It just automatically stops. That has happened like three times one day and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh my goodness. So. Um, okay, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, you were just telling me about, there's a couple of them, nine and a half weeks, blue velvet. And the secretary, that's another good one. I, I keep on hearing about the secretary. And the only secretary movie I remember is about the horse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm like, how does a horse have anything to do with me? <laughs> They're like, no, not that one. <laughs> no, not that one. No, 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 no. That's a whole other topic right there. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So another one. Now, like you said, you you know, you identify as a switch. And yes. You already answered the question, you know, which side you lean. You said more submissive. Yes. Uh, what made you realize you were a switch? I've always gotten compliments that I have a dominant, you know, demeanor in my face, my presence, my energy, my aura. And yes, I do. I mean, in the sense of my life and, you know, I take control of my life and do what I can to manage it properly and, you know, what's with what's in my control. Um, and that's the reason why I lean more towards submissive because, um, you know, I just want to let all that go. Um, as time went by and I thought about it and I, you know, played with people in a more dominant way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I enjoy this too. And I wouldn't mind, you know, switching it up a little. That's why we're called switches. Yeah. Um, and be dominant. And um, last June, um, I started my dominant journey and I've been liking it. Uh, it still feels a little weird, a little odd. A little out of place, um, but I do like it. It's not something I want to do full time all the time. Um, I at this moment I'm giving my submissive side a a break and just concentrating on my dominant side. And um, you know, I'm liking it and having a good time. And right. um, it, it also makes, in a way, it. it my submissive side still takes over because it's like I'm giving a service to someone and letting them feel what I feel when I'm dominated. So it's like I'm submissive dominant. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, it's like with me, I'm a complete submissive. I, there's no, except for my vanilla life, as people would like to call it. Um, for the most part, you know, I, I don't have a dominant side. Um, I'm not a dominant person. I, 
I can see myself, however, like leaning towards a little Dami, you know, with another female. But that's my only exception. Um, but again, I'm not a switch or I'm not, you know, and nothing's wrong with, you know, being just a submissive and nothing's wrong with being a switch. It's no. whatever, you know, what your preference is. Yes. Yes. So, um, and, and then that's true with a lot of people. Some people could only be dominant with men. Some people could only be dominant with females. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's whatever your preference for me. Um, I, don't care. It doesn't bother me. I'm, I could be dominant with male, female, um, queer, gender fluid. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter how the person identifies, uh, you know, if they're submissive and they want to try to have a, uh, they want to have a scene with me. Um, of course, I always try to get to know the person first. I never do pick a play. Right. And I just want to make this clear to the audience that's listening in and stuff like that. Um, as your dominant side, the same rules apply as your submissive. You need to feel, you know, when you're dominating someone, do you also need to feel that um, trust and uh, at least a semi-connection with that person? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, And this is just a personal preference. Not everybody's like that. I need to have that connection. I need to know the person and who they are, which is the reason why I personally don't do pick a play. If that's someone that, you know, someone else is okay with that, that's fine too. There's no set rules. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just personally need to have that connection and I need to trust them as a dominant, as a submissive as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when I have a scene with someone that I know, and as I'm getting to know them, I always ask them questions, you know, do they have any physical um, issues that I need to know of, you know, anything with the back, anything with the knees, ankles, whatever, um, you know, are they prone to fainting or, you know, do they need water constantly throughout the scene? And not only that, I do check with them throughout the scene to make sure they're okay. Right. Yes. Um, and that's what I'm trying to get at, especially the whole trust thing, because yes. even as a dominant, you know, you still have to trust your partner because rather it could be light play or, you know, someone being sadistic, even more so when they're doing any type of impact play, you want to be able to trust that person you're doing it to or you know things could not look so good for the dominant part you know what I'm saying exactly you have to I have to have you need to trust the submissive that they will communicate to you if something is wrong if something doesn't feel right and that they'll be honest when you ask them questions about you know if they have any physical issues or even mental issues and you always have to ask them how are they feeling today how you know where their head is at and stuff sometimes when uh, even with the dominant as well uh, if you're not in the right head space more than likely the um the scene won't go as good um so i always try to ask the person that day uh, when I am about to do the scene beforehand, ask them what their 
you know, what their uh, state is as far as, you know, how, you know, where their head is at as far as mentally and emotionally. Because I want them to have a good scene and I want to have a good scene as well. Yeah, exactly. And especially if they're new to, you know, they have this nervousness. And, and even so, even if they're not new, if they're not used to doing stuff in front of, you know, having an audience and whatnot, yeah. you know, so you definitely want to make sure that their consent is still given before, you know, are you sure you're okay with this? We don't have to, you know, so... Right. It's important and, with the whole consent, you know, consent. Exactly, exactly. And I always show um, the implements that I have with, you know, to them beforehand and be like, this is what I have. Are you okay with me using everything I have here? Is there something that you're not okay with? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I had one person and I did a, a quick little scene with uh, and they don't like seeing you, they like fuddy. So I use the fuddy flogger. And when I paddled that person, you know, I didn't hit too hard. Right. Um, just enough to, to make, you know, um, to make it warm and a little red, but not stingy to the point where it hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's good. Um, But since we're on the subject about, you know, Consent and how people need to be in the right headspace, especially for your dominant side and and even a submissive side. Actually, both sides equals the same. Um, how strong do you feel about safe words? Um, safe words are important. I feel strongly about them. Um, it lets the dominant know, you know, to check in with the submissive or uh, that something is not right and to stop the scene and check in with them. Um, after a while, if you continuously play with that person and you know them and how their responses are or how their body moves, you'll be able to pick up on signs. And then there are also times where the submissive is probably gagged. So you would have to come up with a, um, a nonverbal um, gesture or something like that signal. Um, even if they're not gagged, sometimes the submissive can become nonverbal where they can't speak or say anything. And it's important to have like a nonverbal signal to say, hey, you know, check with me, something's wrong. I need a minute or something like that. And it could be anything. It could be that they raise up their right hand or you know, you tap them on the shoulder and they give a thumbs up or it, 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 it depends on the two people that are actually doing the scene. For me, I just tell them, you know, if they become nonverbal, put their right hand up. Um, you know, it, it, I ask them if they want a safe word or need a safe word. You know, um, for most dungeons, um, red and yellow is the common safe words yellow is check in red is stop the scene immediately and um they're important especially with playing with someone new yes absolutely i definitely agree um i was telling people before that how important um safe words are and I, i did express that yes some people don't have safe words nothing wrong with that however 
I don't highly recommend it mm-hmm. because anything could go wrong. Like me myself with my dom, um, I don't have a safe word. I gave that up, but we already have this connection where, you know, he knows if something's off and even though he's a sadist, he would check in on me. You doing okay? You doing okay? And because he doesn't, you know, I'm his property. He doesn't want to, he wants to make sure I'm not going to be scarred to the point of no return. You know what I'm saying? So it's his job to take care of me. So, but we get to that point and we have that connection where he knows if something's wrong. Like he could sense things before even I do. But again, I don't recommend it for other people. And if you do do it this way, make sure that you have this established, this powerful connection where he thinks of your well-being above all else. Absolutely. You know, even though you're a submissive, you're a human being who, you know, you're not just, you know, a number or, you know, a walking mat or whatever. You know, you want your partner to take care of what's his and that's his job. You know, so like I said, I don't recommend it. But if you do do it the way I do, I suggest you make sure you have that connection with someone, you know, but still, and, you know, it's like, say you're bounded in your gags where you can't raise your hand. At least you could nod or have some type of, like you said, some form of signal that something's off. Like, yes. you know, like, yeah. I remember when I was gagged and I had handcuffs behind me and my dom would check me to make sure I'm okay and even though I couldn't really move because the way I was tied I couldn't even signal anything even even if I wanted to he would feel like my fingers and everything and he saw that they started to feel like they were changing a little bit so right away he undid it to make sure because I was they were becoming numb Right. So, but he was very alert and keeping on your toes. And as a dominant, you know, if you put your submissive into that situation, you know, you need to be alert. So, like you said earlier, you need to have the right headspace because if you go in there not fully with it, you could harm the submissive you're supposed to be keeping an eye out for. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, when it's that situation where you're gagged and bound, you can't do anything. It's important that the dominant check in even more or pay attention, you know, to certain areas since you were handcuffed and, you know, to pay attention to the fingers and touch them and ask them, you know, the submissive, how was your hands? Are they, you know, they feel good. Are they starting to tingle? Once they start to tingle, that means, you know, mm-hmm. you should exactly. undo it. And once you take them out of that, you know, it's important to do it slowly and massage their arm so that way the blood flow can go 
fully back into it and exactly yeah it's an it's important safe words are important and Um, that's why it's important to trust too because if you're ever in that situation you're vulnerable you know especially the submissive they're trusting that dominant person and that dom needs to put that trust into gear and be like well i have to be alert you know yes and it same goes for edge play and that's a whole other story edge play is dangerous and yes people have been injured and died from it um there's no way to be 100 percent safe but there are things that we can do to make it more safe mm-hmm. uh, so edge play yeah that but i guess that's a whole other topic in another uh, podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um now what what's your thoughts on like hard limits do you have any hard limits Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hard limits are personal choice. Um, my hard limit may not be your hard limit. And that person's hard limit may not be my hard limit. Um, my hard limit is anything extreme in the sense of scat, which is poop, um, vomit, blood play, uh, needles, um, and yes, and yes, of course, some hard limits are children because you do have unfortunate degenerates mm. that um, come into this world and we don't like them and don't want them for that. Right. Um, and animals also. Yeah. Uh, those are um, my hard limits. Uh, Scarification is another one. Um there's one more and I can't remember the name of it, but anything majorly extreme is my hard limit. Uh, I do have soft limits and soft limits are things that you may or may not do depending on the person. At least for mm-hmm. me, that is. Right. I have certain, when it comes to anal play, I have a soft limit and it also depends upon the person. Mm-hmm. You know, that I trust them enough. Yeah, correct. And like I was telling people before too, now that you mentioned a couple of things, um, like we try to keep, you know, we're more of an open mind to community. Yeah, you'll, regardless, you'll have judgmental people. Yes. Unfortunately. But I was, you know, we try to have the good people tries to keep an open mind. We is very frowned upon kink shaming. As long as, and I specify specifically, as long as it is legal and it's between yes. consenting adults. Yes, yes. You know, the only, and, hmm? uh, sorry, uh, the only thing that I like, I mentioned before, the only thing I don't condone and I will not yuck on their yum is the children and animals. Child yeah. molesters and bestiality is not cool at all, no yeah. matter what anybody would say or think but all the other stuff i mentioned that's your yum good for you it's just not my yum (laughs) (laughs) exactly like there there's some like i i don't have many hard limits but some things i don't want to do and i will be like i would tell my dad if you do that i'm just warning you because it's not my hurl limit for you. But I'm just warning you, if I vomit, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm warning you ahead of time. 
So, um, but yeah, there's things that like it gives you that cringy feeling. Yeah. But again, that's for me. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. I, you know just because you're into it, I cringe that you do it. I might like squirm and stuff, be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe." It. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I would never, you know. I'm happy for you. You do what makes you happy, what fulfills your life, what exactly. makes you, you know? Exactly. So that's why, again, I think in a way, hard limits and safe words go hand in hand because if someone tries, and it's okay to push, you know, a limit as long as you know and trust that person and you know if no means no if they say that safe word regardless that they stop pushing right right you know because um, when I it know comes some to people pushes limits and i'm okay with it but again yeah if if i had a safe word and i say it i expect it to be respected right absolutely um when it comes to pushing limits you know and that's there's nothing wrong with that that's fine um that should always be the case no matter what even in your own real personal life and not kink life uh but as with anything when pushing limits it should be talked about it should be discussed and you know say okay well i want to let's see if we can go this far and and you know check with the submissive and see if they're okay with that and um, if they are, then you can push a little further from that. I don't suggest pushing limits while in a scene or if you're in a dynamic. I think everything should be discussed first beforehand. Um, Absolutely. Because it might also be a trigger for that person mm-hmm. as well. And that's that's a whole other discussion, too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I agree with you 100% because, like, I'm all for, like, I want my dominant to push me. But, again, my type of dynamic is a little different only because we already established it. Like, if it's extremely painful, he, he goes gentle and he backs away if he knows I can't, he can't push too farther without internally hurting me or whatever exactly you know but it's very important that if someone's going to push you got to make sure you're you know like you said communicate you know make sure it's okay and make sure that if you are forced to say the safe word at the end of the pushing that that person you you as a human and respect the gift of you submitting, you know, and trusting your trust that he respects the safe word. Yes. So, um, now, when everyone first gets into kink, I'm sure everyone, or at least just about everyone, there's always something, like some mistake or something you're naive about, you know, because you're just learning. So, um, what, what was the biggest mistake or lesson you have made or learned when you first started your kink journey? I have to say I'm lucky. I have not made any major mistakes, um, where it traumatized me. Um, I've had 
such wonderful experiences. And one of the things I did um, before doing a lot of things is I researched, I read about, and mm-hmm. I, I, I educated myself on this lifestyle and different things. And even now after, you know, being in the lifestyle for X amount of years, I've still learned like as a dominant, I'm learning Mm -hmm. what my role is when I am being dominant. And, you know, that's a whole other education for me, learning how to use the instruments that were used on me, such as a flogger or a whip or a paddle. Um, I, briefly used it when I first came in to this lifestyle. Um, but I have not picked up a flogger and used it on someone in over eight years or so. Uh, oh, wow. So I had to relearn and retrain myself to use a flogger mm-hmm. and know which areas to hit. Um, a lot of when, when it comes to new people, um, they have this misconception of what kink is, of what a submissive is, of what a dominant is. Mm-hmm. And I highly, highly suggest to read a lot and educate yourself and talk to others that are in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's very important because um, submissives new, that are new think automatically, oh, I have to do what every dominant says as long if they identify as a dominant this because one identifies as a dominant doesn't mean that they are dominant most you know most of them if not half of the people that are on there that identify as a dominant usually are domineering or a bully or you know just trying to get you know naive people that are submissive to do things that they want um a dominant will not tell you off the bat what to do. Um, they will talk with you and learn about you and know about you and mm-hmm. have your best interests at heart. You know, whether it's a dynamic, whether it's just play partners, things like that. So I have to say that I no major mistakes for me. Um, I learned a lot and about people and that's part of the reason why I don't do pick a play. Yes, absolutely. And I can understand that. Like now, and I say this because I'm very picky. I say this with extreme caution. Um, I myself have also educated myself before I got, before I started to actually get into the scene. Um, I highly suggest being careful though of what you read because some books and stuff like that like are people that thinks they know what it's all about like the and nothing wrong with the movie or whatever but like the 50 shades of gray and stuff like that so it's like you need to pick your books or whatever cautiously carefully um, and obviously you're not going to really know until you, um, get more into it, but like you said, talk to people in the community, you know, I think that will be the best bet, but yes, 
there are some recommendations of certain books people could go into, and maybe we'll discuss that um, next episode when we are thinking about talking about one of the books that you just got. Yes. I I have to start. I think I'm going to read it again just to um, refresh my memory with some of the stuff. Yes. But, um, but yeah, because I'm very picky and you can't always believe everything you read. So, th- absolutely. Are, you know, so there are books out there that's excellent, that's very great, that I feel that people should read, you know, to learn more and stuff like that. But at the same time, you got to be cautious, you know, and just don't pick the first book that you think interests you and that. You know, you, you got to make sure that the author knows what they're talking about. <laughs> right. They're legit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just want to um, come into the Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wish they never made those books. <laughs> they're not that great. Um, <laughs> and I unfortunately saw the first movie and basically the male character... Mr. Gray, uh, that's not entirely what a dominant should act like. Um, at one point, he became kind of creepy and stalkerish after a while. <laughs> so um, they did have the contract, and co- the contract is a thing. doesn't have to be for every dynamic. Um, I just want to comment that there are two books that you can read for dominant and submissive. It's called The New Topping Book and The New bottoming book i don't remember who the author is but they are on amazon nice i have to look into it i don't think i've heard of them yeah i i got the new topping book i just haven't read it yet nice yeah and there's also another book called the ultimate guide to kink which i do have but i have not read yet but i it was highly recommended to me i I do have a submissive book actually oh okay Um, i have to look to see the name of it, I can't think of it. Um, and it was actually um, referred to me by a lot of um, true like masters and dominants yeah. that were you know genuine and that was deep into the lifestyle. So I got it and I found it interesting. Um, and I think people would you know be in tune with it. So I just have to get, um, look for it. And I'll probably mention it on the next podcast episode. So, um, awesome. Now, like when we were discussing about the biggest mistake or whatever. Yes. I, I haven't made any. I've had trauma in my life. So I know what trauma is. And I haven't made any mistakes regard, you know, that involve trauma. I really haven't made any major mistakes without trauma neither um the only thing i did come into it like uh, most people do is even after experiment you know um educating myself you still walk in a little naive you know um, yeah like when i got into it i was naive about a couple things but you know, especially when it 
Dons in their roles, actually. That was, I think, my biggest um, assumption is that they had their shit together and they know what they're doing. When, no, they might be dominant, but they are humans. They make mistakes and they don't always have their shit together. They, too, are trusting you and showing a vulnerability that they don't just show anyone. You know, so they too have a vulnerability to themselves and stuff like that. And I was just amazed. Like, I was flabbergasted. Like, I was shocked. But it's like, you know what? It makes sense. I just assumed, you know, because they have this dominant personality that they know what they want. And not always. (laughs) That's it. And, you know, they don't have to worry about this, this, and this. Well, actually, they have more to worry about because yes. of the responsibility that's on their shoulders to yes. take care of us submissive and stuff. So I I think that was my biggest thing is not just me as a submissive, but the dominant roles. It's like I was very naive about it, to be honest. Yes. It, 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 it's it's a huge responsibility as a dom and um, the responsibilities the, the size of the responsibility depends on the relationship that you have with the bottom whether they're just a play partner or they're a dynamic and you guys have a relationship together or don't have a relationship and it's just a dynamic mm. um, mm-hmm. so it's kink and dynamics is not one size fits all it's not a cookie cutter it's not all the same it's many different dynamics many different preferences um just don't go into this thinking oh this is the way it is and this is how it's supposed to be and it's one two three no it could be five four two one it could be nine ten a b d f exactly it's according to what you want Mm -hmm. and you know what the other the what the other person wants and both of your kinks match up and energies match up and you know liking it liking each other matches up as long as everything matches up doesn't have to match up to a t but as long exactly. as it's you know enough <laughs> exactly and i tell everyone that you know everyone evolves you could be like 20 years in the lifestyle in you're always going to learn something new. Rather it be, you know, yeah. you want to try a different king or you have a new partner. You have to learn what their likes, dislikes, and stuff like that. So you're always learning, you know, just like people. We're humans. We're constantly evolving. Exactly. Just recently I started to have an interest in rope and I did my first tie a few days ago. And I was ecstatic. <laughs> awesome. Nice. How, how did it feel? It felt good. At first, I was frustrated because I wasn't getting it. I was watching a YouTube uh, video. That's how I started um, mine, too. <laughs> yeah. I I was like, I want to do a self-tie. I want to know what it feels like. You know, I want to... I, I like rope. I like being bound in rope. And I want to be able to provide that to someone as well. Exactly. And that's where my submissive side kicks in. Like, I want to provide that service that, you know, experience to someone. So it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm being the top, but I'm also being submissive because I am 
catering to that person and making them happy with what they want. So exactly, exactly. And I tell people, you know, you might identify yourself as a submissive or a dominant, but don't ever, and I mean, don't ever let anyone say you're not a submissive or you're not a dominant because you don't do it a certain way or you don't do this, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever they do, that that's great. That's fine. That's what works for them. That doesn't mean it makes you any less because you don't do it that way. Right. Yeah. I, I may be a switch, but I'm still submissive at heart. I'm also a baby girl. I'm also a little, a middle, a big. Uh, <laughs> I'm a rope bunny. Um, I like electro play. I, I'm a, I like fire. And, um, you know, I consider myself a fire slut. Uh, mm-hmm. I like, you know, pain. I like giving pain. So I'm a sadomasochist. And I, I'm, multi- I'm a multitude of things. When I started here, in, in this lifestyle, I, I put myself as submissive and then eventually switch. And then I put myself to baby girl and then I put myself to evolving. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm switch and I'll just leave it at that. But maybe mm-hmm. I might put myself back to evolving. Who knows? That's the wonderful thing. Right. Exactly. And even if you're, you know, a switch, yeah. You know, like I said, we're all humans. We're all evolving regardless. We might not have to say we're evolving, but the reality is when you learn something, knowledge is power and you're constantly evolving as a person, you know? So um, I do have two more questions for you. Um, Sure. You know, what has your experience been like going to munches and events and what are the safe ways that you could advise people when you go to the events and munches? For anyone that's very, very new and timid on going to an event, especially if they're going by themselves, um, I would start with munches. And FetLife um, has a list of them. Um, Also, word of mouth, you can find out about munches. And basically, munches are just a group of kinky people that meet at a local restaurant, bar, whatever, and just get together, talk, meet people. So it doesn't seem as intimidating, you know, when you first go to your first event, there's um, a few events that I know that has a munch right before the event. So that way, maybe if you meet someone at the munch, you know, you can, you know, go with them to the event and see what it's like. Um, Of course, the safest way to go to anything is being a public place. Most events are, they're not, I would, they're not exactly private. They're not exactly public because it's not like you can't go on the internet and say, oh, I want to look for this event and it's going to be listed. Most of them are listed on Mm -hmm. fetlife.com. Exactly. Not, not all events are equal. Um, not all events are, well, I don't want to say not safe. Um, usually when you talk to people, word of mouth, they'll tell you, oh, that's a great event, good people, clean and safe. And then some, some people will say, oh, no, I I went, I didn't like it. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't clean enough. Um, you know, the host didn't seem like they were doing a good job or anything like that. So just like going to any place. Proceed with caution. 
Keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah. And go slow. Exactly. That's why I'm very cautious. Like, even in dynamics, when someone goes for vetting, I have mixed emotions about that. You know, because just because someone vets something doesn't necessarily mean you'll have a good experience with that person. You know, it's everyone varies. You know, it just it depends on person to person and that person might be different with someone else you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. and the same thing goes for events and munches you know like it doesn't hurt to get a background sorry not on the event itself but I would suggest on the host but just keep in mind just because someone gives you a good review on the host doesn't necessarily mean you'll have a good review you know a good review on the host when you go Yes. You know, um, I did have a friend of mine. He he's very new to kink actually, and it was me who got him into it, I guess. Um, because me and him we met talking on this other site and he, you know, was curious and then um he joined Fet because of me actually. And he went to his first munch. And he didn't have a good experience because the Uh. host didn't, like, acknowledge him and didn't make him feel welcome. Yes. So that was, like I told him, that was a lousy host, you know. Absolutely. You know, thankfully, he, he didn't give up and he tried two more times. And the two more times he tried, he said that he actually, you know, he enjoyed himself because, you know, it wasn't just him that there was other people that was talking to him and communicating and they made him feel welcome, especially the host. She would stop over, make sure he, everything's okay. He's enjoying himself and stuff like that. So it varies from host to host. But if you're going to create an event or do something, make sure you make, sh- you know, make sure that everyone that's, in your event or at your event that you're being a good host. You don't want anyone yes. to feel not welcome or unwanted and stuff Absolutely. like that. And unfortunately there are some hosts that they want this big event but they only acknowledge people that you know they're close friends with. Yes. And that's just wrong because what's the point of having an event? You might as well just have a party for you and your friends, you know? Exactly. I completely agree. Um, some munches do have more than one host. Um, but the the whole point of being a host is to talk to the people, to welcome them, to make them feel welcome, to make them feel comfortable, especially if they're coming out to this for the first time. They don't know anything about it. It's 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 very nerve-wracking and and. You know, I I understand and I feel for these people because I was there at one point. Like I so many times wanted to go to events, but I was afraid. I didn't want to go by myself. I didn't know what to expect. What if something happened? And thankfully, when I started this, I, you know, I went with someone who ended up being my first dom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were able to experience that together. And, you know, till this day, him and I are still good friends and, you know, he's evolved to something amazing at this point and I've evolved since then too. And, you know, and we, 
you know, we keep in touch with each other and, and help each other and talk to each other. Um, it, it's, it's important because it, it's, it, it can be intimidating and it can be scary, especially someone who is an introvert or someone that does have social, um, who's socially awkward, like myself. Um, I am quiet at first. And when people talk to me, then I'll open up and, you know, exude more energy and stuff. But for me to actually go up to someone and say, Hey, how are you? <laughs> it's very hard. Uh, but yeah. if they come to me and say, hello, I will talk and engage and have a conversation with them. Uh, that's okay. the reason for the host. Cause you know, not only to uh, welcome them and say hello, but they could also introduce them to other people that they know in there and say, Hey, you know, have you met so-and-so this is so-and-so. And that's how you meet people and you, make friends and that person can introduce you to people they know and so on and so forth. So exactly. it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you know, I agree a hundred percent. Like, um, like me personally, I, I try to tell someone if you can to make yourself feel a little bit more comfortable, if you can try to, um, go with a friend or whatever but that's not always the case because the whole point if you're new and you don't know anyone in the lifestyle you know and all your friends are vanilla then it's hard and the whole point of going to munches is to meet people so you can gain friends in the lifestyle and when you have a host that just don't care and is doing their own thing then it's like me, I don't think I could host. I mean, if I have to, I know I'd be a good host. If I, but I'm like you, I'm shy. You know, so right. I prefer to go and have like if someone talked to me, then I'll start talking. But I get very nervous. So, um, but if I, even I know if I do host a party or an event or a munch or whatever. I force myself to talk to people because I know they're here because of me, you know, that it's my job to make sure everyone, especially if someone's new. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Like tonight I'll be, um, I'm going to an event, uh, King party tonight, but before then they have a a munch for about an hour before the party happens. So, you know, I'm going to go there and, yeah, maybe meet new people and just be amongst people and that have the same interests that I do or who are new, you know? <laughs> yeah, you never know until you, you know, you start talking to people, find out what they're into and see if some type of connection, whether it's just, you know, friendship or a possible exactly. scene partner or you don't know. Exactly. So. Well, I do, you know, I hope you have a good time. Thank you. <laughs> so, but um, usually my podcast is only for 40 minutes, but because you're special, we lasted longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, please, um, if you don't mind, you know, in the future, com- coming back on to the show and we could talk some more about different, you know, different topics. Oh, absolutely. The, awesome. the, the more you can teach the world of kink, you know, and especially for new people and those that don't know or want to learn, 
yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I want to help people and, you know, pave the way for the future kinksters, you know? <laughs> exactly. And even some experienced kinksters, you know, they might be trying a, a new title or a role or, you know, they're always learning, you know? So it's it's good for anyone that wants to learn something new, you know? Absolutely. And, and some of them come through undecided they don't know what they identify as dom or bottom or you know so uh, with that they look and they go to different parties and they learn and whichever they gravitate to the most and that's where they start their foundation and they build from there yeah and sometimes they won't know until they get hands-on like they'll be like exactly you know maybe i like this or i don't know and sometimes it's like, no, I, I can't picture myself liking that. And then, boom, oh, my gosh, I love it, you know? Yes, absolutely. Or it could be vice versa. They might hate something, but be like, oh, no, no, no. Or, oh, my gosh, I know I love, you know, I get to know when I hear about this. But when they personally experience it, they're like, nah, it wasn't that great, you know? Right. Um, and it could be also that they didn't like it then and try it again and they like it. Yeah. At that point. Exactly. You know, taste changes sometimes, you know. Just yes. like if you, you know, had so much of something and you got tired of it, you no longer, it no longer interests you, you change. And then you might hate it for a while and then like it again, too. So Exactly. So, exactly. Well, That's the beauty of it. <laughs> exactly. And we're... We're special people, so we're we're gifted to change our minds. <laughs> exactly. So, but awesome. Well, thank you, Harley, for stopping by. Well, thank you and, for having me. Um, I look forward to you joining us again. Awesome. I look forward to it as well. All right. Everyone, we're going to call it a day. Thank you for listening. And again, please be safe. Yes. Um, enjoy your weekend. Yes. You know, anything else you want to say, Harley, before we leave? Uh, nope. Just, you know, they have a, a acronym of SSC saying some, uh, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, just <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Safe, sane, and consensual. There we go. There um, <laughs> it's, um, it's hard when you're put on the spot, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> um, it, with just with anything, proceed with caution. Be curious. Take things slow. Exactly, and remember, consent, trust, and communication keywords. You know. Absolutely. So, all right, everyone, have a good weekend, and I will see you on next weekend. Bye. Awesome. <laughs> Bye.